Hello and welcome to episode 139 of The Fizz. I am here with the main men live downtown Detroit. It is 8 o'clock Tuesday, January 30th. And to my right, I have ice cold brew Lou. How are we doing, Lou? I'm still breathing. Yeah, right. Air is coming in. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's all I have. I understand. Okay. Uh, and to my left, Channy Football. How are we doing, Channy? We're, we're here. Yeah. Yep. Um, the energy is a little bit lower than it has been probably for the last, I don't know, Months? 18 weeks. <laughs> um, but definitely today, it's been, you know, I've been calling it misery week a little bit. I've been down in the dumps. Uh, obviously, Detroit Lions, first thing we're going to open with, main thing we're going to talk about. Uh, they lose in the NFC Championship in uh, an epic collapse to the San Francisco 49ers, 34-31. We will not be playing in the Super Bowl next week. Um, so we're going to talk about our emotions and kind of boil down to individual plays of the game and then where we're going next. And, uh, you know, Channy, let's start with you. Game happens Sunday night. Um, obviously an insane roller coaster. You know, what are, what are your thoughts right now during it, after it? Um, I, I think the, the main word that I've been using this week is, is, is numb so far. Um, I don't really believe that it happened. I don't believe that it, it it's really set into me yet. Um, I'm not really angry. I'm not really sad. To be honest, I'm not really disappointed. I just don't know how to feel about it because I, I don't really believe that it happened that way yet. I can lose. I can, I can get over a loss, but the way it happened, I just, it doesn't feel real because it was so real at halftime of that game. And now it, it just, came collapsing down in what seemed to be like we talked about before the show a a 20 to 25 minute stretch in in real time real time yeah yeah I'm with you just just a pure state of shock to be honest with you yesterday was I I got a little bit better today still nowhere near 100 percent but yesterday it was just like staring out the window like a lost puppy dog like how what no way us yeah. That way, like, fuck, dude. Weren't you supposed to be teaching the youth yesterday? I, I was. You taught them how to cry. I was, <laughs> taught them how to smell booze. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, to me yesterday was, yeah, yes, Monday was, Monday was the worst. Most people are going to be listening to this on Wednesday. So Monday was. By far. Uh, the worst. It was like sad, rainy day, put on sad music to feel more sad, you know, go wash your car in the rain type deal. Like, that's just, I was just down same thing looking out the window I was sad you know like at first I think when it was happening like that the infamous second half was happening that's where I was was numb like truly when the worst thing started going down like I didn't really react like I was literally that that meme from the boys where the that guy's like watching the movie and yeah he like looks pissed off that was me watching the game like I was very stone-faced and very like emotionless and then it was just just sadness is how how I feel because losing the way that we lost that game was way more painful than if we weren't the better team or had no business being there or For like sure. g- dude give me the 45 to 3 blowout dude over and, what happened and like in that, that game day every time when I woke up, like how, like we talked about it for weeks, but like, I felt so fucking good about that game. Like did my full regular routine, like went to the gym, did my stupid videos on my story, like 
I, everything just seemed right in the world. I was even, I was in, I, I, I went to the gym. I was in the shower after and they have like the individuals and so I was like, just cranking one. Oh, I, I should have. I think maybe that's why we lost, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I watched the Wolf of wall street and I was doing that on my story. The, mm, you watched that in the shower. No, I started doing that in the shower okay. by myself. <laughs> And some dude comes out after, like, I'm out of there. I'm, like, drying off myself. Some dude comes out. He goes, bro, I could hear that echoing throughout the entire fucking <laughs> locker room. I saw you, like, yelling at people on the street and stuff, yes. too. I mean, everything was, like, electric during the day. Dude. And, like, everyone was buzzing. Everyone was humming. Everyone was feeling really good. Um, and it just, like, just all completely unraveled, you know? So, I mean, emotion-wise... I'm still not over this one. And just like, I really couldn't stand just like, you know, obviously like we live on the internet. I especially like live on the internet. Probably. I mean, it's not healthy, but I'm all over the internet and I just was not ready to be like, Oh, first time in 30 plus years, we did this, we did that. Like overall the seasons of success, like, and I'm still not there. I'm not ready to zoom out 20,000 feet and, and like, look at the season that was a success. Cause it was, but like, I'm not ready to do that. Yep. Like I'm still just like, on the face value, like we were the better team with, you know, 20 minutes, 40 minutes away from going to uh, a Super Bowl versus a team that we've already beaten. I mean, that's just where I am. Like we threw that game away. I believe we were the better team. We were the team of destiny and to fall and collapse the way we did, just like it's going to stick with me for forever as far as sports losses go. The worst part about this podcast and this hobby is what we had to endure the last 48 hours because I had to go through stats. I had to go through the plays again. I had to go watch the highlights and the big plays and who did what and why they did it and when it happened. And it was like just reliving Torture. a nightmare all over again. And you know, we do it throughout the season and we go back and, hey, you lose a game, whatever. You win a game, you're, like, loving the highlights. Oh, here's where it was. And, like, I will say this. The J-Mo end around gets me every time. Dude. Like, that feeling when he did that, like, even looking back on it, knowing what happened at the end of the game, that was, that was, like, I, the feeling that I felt when that happened, I, it crept in at that moment that it was going to happen. I don't think, I know you weren't alone. I think everyone thought JMO was just running straight to Las Vegas. Yep. Like, oh. cause that's, that was like how I felt. I mean, that was four plays, two minutes, sub two minutes. Yep. I mean, it just was like slice and dice. Let's fucking go. Like we are off and running. Um, and as like, I rewatched the game, like I kept telling myself, I'm like, how the fuck did we lose? Yes. Like how the fuck did we lose? Like, it, it's mind blowing, dude. It's it's wild to me how my brain is thinks about the game. Like to me, uh, the second half of the game was the fourth round of the playoffs, which obviously would be the Super Bowl. But to me, it's like we beat the Rams, we beat the Bucks, we beat San Fran game one, and we lost game two. Like I literally have the first half and the second half just completely split in my brain, and the second half was so bad and so miserable. It like just completely cast this like giant dark shadow over the first half where like you're talking about the JMO run and like that was awesome but like I think about it for a minute and then I'm like oh I think about the rest of the game 100 and the the worst part of it all because of how bad the second half was was arguably that was our best half all year in the first half without a doubt agreed I, I mean, given the circumstances the team we were playing yes. where we were I mean it was 
it was damn near damn near flawless outside of the one touchdown we gave up yep we did no wrong in that we we literally did no wrong in that first half good teams are going to score against you good teams are going to stop you every once in a while we didn't do anything wrong in that first half and on top of not doing anything wrong like san fran made mistakes they yep. had a missed field goal dude we were f fucking flying i mean we were up two touchdowns with a missed field goal uh, no, actually, they, they, sorry, we're up 14 to seven and we're sitting here live and like, we're just watching Purdy and uh, struggle, dude. Yes. Struggle. And someone just texts like someone texted me and goes that Brock Purdy interception is going to hit like crack. And in that moment I took it live and then he threw the pick like almost the next play. <laughs> oh. And we were just like, I was just like, and then we scored the next drive, another touchdown. Yep. And I was like, we're dude, we're going to the fucking Super Bowl. We're go The Detroit lions are going to the Super Bowl. It was crazy. It was crazy. And, and I know we're going to get into the game today, um, and we're about to get into kind of the X's and O's of it. Um, but I, I want to say this, like, at least from my perspective, like, and I'm sure we can all agree with it, like, I'm happy everyone's coming back. I'm happy the coaching staff's coming back. I'm especially happy we got the great news earlier today that Ben Johnson's coming back. And with that, there were a ton of mistakes. Oh, yeah. Going into the game. So first part that we want to bring to the pod is just talking about the coaching overall and the decision-making overall in the game. So, Frank, a lot of big decisions. First half, third quarter, fourth quarter. Break down what you saw. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the biggest uh, decisions were going for it on, on fourth down. Those are the biggest ones. You know, I mean, so – and it and going for them on fourth down was just a little you know he go he kicks the field goal basically is what i'm trying to say in the first half he kicks the field goal which i absolutely think was more than the correct decision like yep. you got him against the ropes just keep stacking points just keep stacking points yep. um but to say that i'm mad at him for going for it on both fourth downs in the second half i just feel personally it would be extremely hypocritical of me throughout the season all i've said is live by the sword die by the sword uh, i i mean i've i've said it multiple times on the podcast like the reason punt teams don't try to block our punts the reason field goal teams don't try to block our field goals the reason we always have teams nervous and on edge even on third down of what the play calling is going to be is because how dan campbell's coached this game if we want to look at percentages even like i'm sure everyone listening to this and you guys have all seen that stat of like you know we have a 75 percent success i'm making the numbers up 75 yeah. percent success rate going forward on, on fourth down yep. and the distance badgley was going to kick from he had a 48 percent chance of kicking it so if we want to play numbers dan campbell did the right thing um the first go for it on fourth down like it's it's hard for me to blame him that's josh reynolds dropping a pass that he makes a thousand times one. an nfl receiver makes a lot of times like how many times do we share that screen chat yes. or, with our, with the group chat? Like a million. That the drop. ball is laying in his hands. And Goff's thrown that low ball to Reynolds like a thousand times. That wasn't like he threw it to a big guy like Brock Wright or something right. like that. I mean, that's Reynolds has made that catch, and he's made that catch a million times on fourth down mm -hmm. and or four first downs on third down. So as far as that decision goes, like would it have been nice to add another three without a doubt? But like I'm only mad at the result. I'm only mad at Josh Reynolds dropping it. Now, the second one, the second one is just, is, is full, like, crazy train to me. Like, that late in the game, 
um, to tie the game with all of their momentum. I just feel like maybe we needed some, we needed a win because I feel like the one thing that is under like mentioned in these situations is like, is the momentum of what it does. If you miss too, like you have to like re-energize and recharge as an offense, as a defense, knowing that San Fran's flying high and you're really low. It's just a huge momentum swing. Um, so while I think that one was a little reckless, it still would have been like a 50 yarder for Badgley on the road in the playoffs. And if we're going by the math, knowing that they missed the first fourth down, the odds of converting the second one were even higher. And I don't want Campbell to change who he is uh, in, in the most critical moment of the game. So while it's easy to look back and say like, should have kicked him, I can't blame him for it. I absolutely can't blame him for it. And I, I fucking hate the outcome, but um, so I thought the second one was way crazier than the first one. So I'm on the opposite end as you of you guys. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, fire Dan Campbell. He's this yeah. or that. This is who Dan Campbell is, and this is who you're going to get as a coach. And I don't believe he's a good in-game coach. I never have believed he's a good in-game coach. That doesn't mean you're not a good head coach. It just means you don't make good decisions in-game. Um, I look at it where... What happened at Michigan when they hired Juwan Howard? They had Phil Martelli, a veteran coach, on the sideline with them, and he kind of drew up the plays during timeouts, and he kind of calmed them down during these. I feel like we need someone like that with Dan Campbell, someone who can just be like, hey, this is what we need to do. This Deep is breath. the plan before the game. I feel like he's coaching like a player, not a coach at times. Mm -hmm. And my whole problem with it was – Okay, he's been going for it throughout the season. I didn't like it in the Seattle game. I didn't like it in the Dallas game when he went for it inside the five, let alone the two-point conversion. But first half, you have it at fourth and three or fourth and goal at the three right before halftime. He went for it against the Rams on fourth and goal. He went for it against the Bucks on fourth and goal. He elects to kick a field goal there. Mm -hmm. I'm good with it. Smart decision. I think that's what you should be doing on the road against, on paper, a superior team. They were a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. But then why do you see such urgency and momentum in the second half? We were killing them on the ground, seven yards per carry. And you, you're telling me you can't get three yards on the goal line, which I fully believe we could have. So my whole problem with it was inconsistency around mm -hmm. it. He said we needed to do it. But he went for it twice in the second half and didn't go for it in the first half when we had a chance for the kill shot before the half. That is my whole problem with his decision-making. You want to be aggressive and go for it? I don't agree with it, but that is who you are. Mm -hmm. That is what you've done, and that is how we, we've gotten here this year. But you didn't go for it, and then you decided to go for it. Not once, twice, mm -hmm. twice. And as a head coach, One of them to tie the game. you need to have humility. You need to learn your lesson, not only in a game, but throughout a season. And I feel like somebody should have just grabbed him and said, Dan, it's all good. Hey, we're up 14, seven minutes into the, the third quarter. We can kick a field goal and be even. Mm -hmm. Seven minutes in, we've killed off 25% of the clock. We've only got 23 minutes left, and we're up three possessions. Mm -hmm. That's my whole problem with it. If he would have gone for it at the end of the second, I don't really have a problem with it because he's staying consistent. But his inconsistency of the aggressiveness and the aggressive calls is my problem with Dan Campbell outside of some of the, the time management 
we've talked about it all year. That end of the end of the game time management was inexcusable. Inexcusable that he runs on third and goal with a minute left that and was, then calls a timeout right after and then he goes for it. Yeah. That was that was actually the the one thing I forgot to mention was the 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 worst play call of the game was the run on third down. Yes. That was a full gamble cuz he thought they were going to get in no doubt, but they had their small lineup out there, showed pass and I get they were trying to trick him, but that actually like really was the final dagger of the game outside yeah. of when we didn't get the onside kick. Like that sucked. And honestly, like what sucked even more though is Fersker not getting in. That yeah, was insane like that insane. he didn't get in. Yes. There was nobody ten yards from him. I don't get that. But to to do that and run on third and goal and then not make it a one possession game by kicking a field goal. Yes. Yes, of course, everyone, oh, we wanted it for the spread. No, no. Just just to make it a one possession game. That was what, a fourth and Fourth and goal from the three? Two or three. Three, yeah. four. He, yeah. I mean, Montgomery got knocked back a yard or two on yeah. that third down run. It's like... It was a miracle JMO caught it. Too. Yes. It's like you just got to remove yourself from the emotion. That is what a head coach does. And I, we all gamble. I feel like what Dan Campbell was doing on, on Sunday is when you sit down at the blackjack table with $400, you get up to 1000 you get up to 2,000, and then you start betting 1,000 a hand. Mm -hmm. It's never enough. Yeah. You just keep going. Yeah. It's always a sliding scale. You got there by get, betting $100 a hand, and now that you got 2,000 in front of you, well, I'm going to bet half my stack at that point. And guess what happens? You fucking bust out yeah. in a couple of hands. It was almost like he, like he didn't feel like we had enough to be there or like to, to sustain a victory. Right. Like – he felt like 27 points was nowhere near enough. You know, that, that 30 wasn't going to be enough. He needed like 45 points to feel okay. Right. And then, and going back to the, the one in the fourth quarter to tie the game, it's like, it wasn't fourth and one. It wasn't fourth and two. It's fourth and three, a long three against one of the best defenses. Badgley already hit a banger for us against the Rams. Like, it's not like the guy was incapable of shining in the bright light, mm -hmm. you know? And and like you said on the momentum thing, Frank, it's like the wheels were falling off the bus at that point. Like, we need to put some air back in the tire and fucking tie the game up. Yeah, and I feel like, to Chandler's point, like, it, it's like the gambling thing. It's like he was just doubling his full yes. bet as opposed yeah. to saying, like, all right, let's – Let's get some of it back. Let's like just have like a win. He wanted to inflate the whole tire at once. And it's just like, again, I can't dog him too much just because I've like lauded these decisions and we love when they convert. But it definitely did feel like, you know, we ran into a team that could like there's teams, most of the teams we played, like we could have put up 27 points, taken those gambles, missed them and still won the game. Yep. But not when you're dealing with, you know, the, the class of the NFC. It works against the Falcons. It works against the Panthers. It's not going to work against the Niners. Yeah, and, and it didn't. And, and hopefully it's a learning lesson to it. Um, and, you know, my the thing I keep coming back to, too, is, and you mentioned it, and I know you weren't, like, dead set on it, but I saw this stat so much. 75% chance to make the fourth down, or Badgley from 45 was 48% 48, yeah. chance. Why the fuck are we not getting a new kicker if we're not confident that he can make I've a 45 I've never understood our kicking situation goal? the whole year. What is going on where we uh, we have a kicker who makes 48% of the kicks from the 45-yard line? That's the first point. The second point is 
why do we not have a new kicker and why do we get rid of Riley Patterson? I, I, I'm not even being sarcastic. Lou, you're a high school coach. If you were in a high school game, you would kick a 45-yard field goal with most Division I high school kickers. You're not wrong. You, you would kick a field goal and have some confidence. Every college team would do it. Every college team would be confident in their kicker making a 45-yarder. We're, we're a top-four team in the league, and we're not confident we can make a 45-yard kick, and that's why we're going for it. And it's, it's just insane. We had Patterson the whole year and cut him for Badgley. Like, it seems like week to week we don't know who the kicker is going to be. But I also think, too, it goes back to Danny Gamble's. Like, I don't think it had a ton to do with Badgley's percentage. With It had a lot more to do with Dan Campbell's mentor of I'm going for it we're fucking going for it I don't think he's like he sucks he's not gonna make this kick I think he thought I've been fucking doing this all year we ride the fucking wave we die on the sword we live by the sword yeah right and to be honest I mean Reynolds makes that diving catch like we're literally not having this combo I mean which it it's just reality like it went right through his hands that's an NFL catch two yard the play was drawn up perfect and he dropped it yeah you know it's just it just fucking sucks because I I wish more than anything that Reynolds just caught that. So no, we're not even having this combo. And we mm -hmm. just, we just, uh, because truly his luck just ran out. Like we watched it in live time. I saw a tweet that was, I thought hilarious. That said wild to watch God abandon a team in real time. I saw <laughs> Cause that. that's how I felt. Cause it was just like, we were the team of destiny. We were converting those fourth downs truly at like a 75 to 80% clip, which is fucking bonkers. Yeah. And we could not get one, and he was just trying to jam like a round peg into a square hole. I felt like the whole. And it game. wasn't like the plays weren't working. Like fucking guy was wide open, ball was in his lap. Like just didn't make the big play. But before we move on, can we agree on this? And Lou, I'm going to ask you first. Do you have to, or should you coach differently when you're on the road? You're an underdog, and you're in a big game because what everyone has been saying, which. I'm fine with this opinion if you're of it is, well, that's what got us here. Well, we haven't played the Niners yet. We haven't played them with a, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. And we haven't been up two touchdowns on the road with a chance to go up three possessions. I mean, I don't think you abandon who you are, but I also think you have to put into perspective, like we need one more game to play in the Super Bowl what is the realistic expectation of making these fourth downs or making this field goal or having this play? Like this is bigger than us playing against Dallas in Dallas in the regular season, right? right? You gotta, you have to, you have to play to win the game as dumb as that sounds. That's why to me, this, the, the third and final would be field goal attempt. One we went for one Reynolds dropped it. That last one to tie the game with no points to that point. So like our possessions in the second half, turnover on downs, the Reynolds drop, the Gibbs fumble, which is like a top three worst play in Detroit sports history, in my opinion. Uh, we go three and out with another Reynolds, right? Third and 11, third and eight drop. That, 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 was, was, that, was, that was worse was, than the fourth down one. That's like playing catch with your buddy who just has lost. That was in his fucking lap. Yes. Like, but, it, like the, but I mean, I guess like the... That was just a three and out yep. like in our own territory. Go ahead. And then this, that, so you have done awful results for the one, two, three last drives. And San Fran has gone field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. So like to me in that, in that spot, it's like, we just need a win and we can kick a field goal, tie this game. And, and then 
the, the ground is level set and they're going to get the ball, but you know, you're going to get it back no matter what. So even if they go March down in whatever you have three timeouts. So if it gets close, you can start stopping the clock. That to me, the second one was just like, yep. I mean, lining up. I mean, even I, if you I, I don't, don't make the field goal, yeah. like you're not dead. Mm -hmm. You still, they still have the ball on their side of the field. We have three timeouts. There's plenty of game left. Like that's not the end of the world. So that's the one to me to full circle your question mm -hmm. of just like maybe adjust it a little bit, right? Because we're in a very unique circumstance. and learn from it. You're going to make mistakes as a coach, but you got to be humble and you got to learn from those mistakes. So and like they just had like so much momentum yes. like you needed to stop it yes. and even lining up for that field goal i bet you san fran doesn't try to stop it right because of the fear of a fake yep. yeah so they're not going to try to stop it you're going to get a 70 degree outdoor kick with not a lot of wind in san fran from badgley the an nfl kicker the second one had me like laying on the ground hiding behind my hands like and it's just you you knew they were going to march yep. you just you just knew it yep but even if even if you kick the field goal, you make it, and you know they're going to march, you at least put it back in your offense. And then if you really want, like, go for two. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Well, the next <sighs> – we got our coaching decisions God. out of the way. The next point that I think we can all talk about and agree on is the strategy and the game plan. Because first half, we ran the ball 21 times for 148 yards with a three-possession lead going into halftime. We ran the ball – eight times for 34 yards in the second half. I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown didn't get many targets in the second half when he torched him in the first half. And correct me if I'm wrong, did Gibbs do much, if anything, after his fumble, which is going to happen? Yes, Dan Campbell is to be blamed for the coaching decisions, but strategy and game plan to me was off in the second half and we got away from what worked seven yards per carry in the first half we still had over four yards per carry we just didn't do it enough in the second half the only way i'll disagree with you chandler is just because like we didn't have the ball like we really didn't have the ball for an extended period of time until it was like too late where we had to throw so like if you look at our first drive after san fran goes down and kicks a field goal so we handed it off one two Three, one of them was to Amon Ra, worst play call of the game. So, like, we handed it off three times with eight plays there. So, you know, five of them, one of them's a, 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 well, so five of them are passes, three of them are runs. Then we hand it off next drive that we have the ball right away. Gibbs puts it on the floor. That's done. Then we go three and out with one of those plays being a handoff and the third one being a drop by Amon Ra. Now we're in panic mode because we're down and we got to sling the rock. So that's the only way I'll disagree with you is, like, I... Uh, I, I, I don't know if we got away from it, but like we just didn't hold on to the damn ball, like have the ball long enough. Like the one where Gibbs fumbled, that was the drive where we should have just ran and put together like a nine minute drive, yep. I feel like. Yep, I mean, I just see the first drive we had in the second half, we had Montgomery six yards, Montgomery seven yards, Montgomery five yards. Yes, I mean, what was it? So three of the eight plays? Yes, three of the eight plays he gashed for an average of six yards. Yeah, he had a great day. He, and he, was, then, our, he was like our he, almost he was our a best bell cow. Him and, and Goff. Yes. I mean, Goff played fucking lights out. They were flawless, but to me, it's, almost had 100. it's it's just, it's it begs the, the bigger question of what happened in the third quarter of every playoff game. Yeah. Because, okay, 
we can agree or disagree on the strategy of this game, but three points in the Rams game, seven points because we scored a touchdown with a minute left at the end of the third in the Bucs game, no points in the Niners game. We came out flat every single game is after it just halftime. A, is it like just a come down because we're such an emotional team and we hit the ground running to start and then we get into halftime and we get the orange slices in us and we just are like... <laughs> I mean, I think our dicks were so hard that it was 24 to 7 that like we were... I, I guarantee you some of the guys in the locker room were like, Fuck, dude! Like we're gonna win this. We're game. gonna go to this. I mean, yeah. fucking C.J. Gardner Johnson's waving at the right. at San Fran. Jesus, dude, Christ. he had a bad game. Like yes, he had I a rewatched terrible it. Game. He he missed so many tackles. He got stiff armed two or three times. It's like his bro, head is still laying. Play in the, the fucking the play the game, dude. Yeah, chirp him after the game. At I least. hated him waving at like it was just so like that is not us. We have we are not. You're you're. Waving goodbye to San Fran, who's been to what the most Super Bowls yes. of any NFC team, right? Like the house of Joe Montana and like Steve, Jerry the Rice, one Jerry Rice and yeah. Like, I don't know. Like we are still like we're not waving at people yet, man. I did. I hated that so much. I'm just wondering going into the off season if it's the orange slices or if it's because our dicks were really hard. Yeah, that well, we we're came waiting out for flat. your answer. You haven't <laughs> you haven't offered shit. <laughs> at least Pizzo's got soft dicks and I got bad orange slices. You got nothing. I'm sick of it. Oh, which brings us to our last point of the lack of playmaking, which we've already touched on. You guys take it away because this is arguably the biggest reason it why is. we blew the Regardless game in the second half. Regardless of what half. fucking Dan Campbell did, the players make fucking plays. We did not make any plays in the second half. No. Not a single person stepped up besides, I mean, I think Goff played very well. Me like, too. He did his things. Like He was he putting put the, the ball, ball where he needed yes, to be. exactly. Like, sure, he gets sacked a couple times. We know that. He's not running away from anybody. If the if the coverage breaks down, he gets hit. But it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I mean, he got sacked, what, I think two or three times in this game? Yep. Um, and none of them I felt like were his fault, really. Uh, I think he there was like one play where he had JMO in the middle and he didn't get rid of it quick enough. I'm literally trying to think of the one play golf yeah. messed up, but like we so, so desperately needed a big play and especially on defense. I mean, there is no secret that the offense carried this team the whole season. We needed something on defense so bad. And I was, I'm staring at my man, Aiden Hutchinson. You had eight sacks through four games. You're the number one over or number two overall pick. Like I needed him to punch Brock for Purdy in the fucking mouth and strip the ball loose or sack him for 10 yards. I needed it. I needed it so bad from Hutch. Um, and no one did it on defense. So I'm not singling him out, but you're the highest pick. You're our face of our defense. So I always look to the, you know, the guys with the biggest weight on their shoulders. And we just didn't get it. We did not get it. And it sucked. It really did. And, and going back to it is I felt like we collapsed the pocket, but didn't get hands on Purdy. Yes. Like what well, in that he's rat scurry, how many yeah. times scurry second to, half. Dude, he averaged 9.8 a carry. <laughs> how ridiculous is that? Yeah. He rushed for 13 less yards than Lamar Jackson on Sunday. <laughs> Brock that's, Purdy. Yeah, that ain't right. That's, it ain't Christian that's either. That's tough. The guy who looks like the IT manager fucking walking into the stadium. That The Brock Purdy piece of this loss actually boils my blood. Like, to know that he's in the Super Bowl, Bowl versus Patrick Mahomes. Like, to watch Goff, like, shake his hand was just like, Purdy, you are not the reason any of this is happening. And they escaped twice. Yes, dude. Twice on their home field. And I will go back to this, too, because 
we all called for it. And then everyone kind of forgot about it. But what did everyone want at the deadline? We wanted a defensive end. Now, thank God we didn't get Chase Young. Yeah, he was he's, he's, Do you see the clip bad. of him, like, sleeping? Yes. Yeah. He didn't he's do anything. Bad. He, he hasn't done anything. No. He, d- a, he has no not motor. Even yesterday, like, in the last month. Yes. yes. So we didn't want him, but we were begging for Daniil Hunter, Montez Sweat, somebody opposite of Aiden Hutchinson because we've known all I was. I wanted year. Sue back. Yeah. We've known all year. <laughs> Why didn't we? Like, year. there was no risk on that. There was nothing. We've known all year that was one of our biggest weaknesses was our front four. And guess what? It came back full circle in this game without getting without getting any pressure. But my whole snapshot of the game came in three straight plays at the end of the third quarter. Third and ten. Goff throws to Josh Reynolds. Drops it. We punt the ball. Jack Fox Hits a blitz moon ball. Dude, arguably the best punt I've ever seen in my life. I I, I couldn't even believe... The, the camera kept panning. It was insane. And I'm like, is he going to catch it at the 15? Maybe the 10? And all of a sudden, it just dropped out of the air like a, a coconut fell out of a tree. Bounces Perfectly. straight up. Straight up. And who was it? Vildor? Or no. Chase Lucas? Chase, Chase Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. Chase Lucas, 100%. What? 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 Are you doing? What? are you doing you can bat it back in in worst case scenario we've got them pinned inside the 10 that's a bad scenario in that instance instead you're trying to catch it and keep your feet from off the end line so we have a drop we give up 15 net yards because we can't just knock it back into play and then melifanu comes off the edge has purdy in the backfield Purdy gets out of it and throws a first down to use check. That's when I to I, the I, fullback. I looked at who my, toe, toe toe taps taps yes. on the sideline. I looked at that point and I go, it, it just God hates us. Dude, I gotta talk about that punt again. Like first time I've ever we've been talking about a punt, I got chills, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but I gotta say, Jack Fox had almost he had like a flawless playoff. I yeah. know it's just the punter, but he flipped the field so many times. So I literally think he punted like 10 or 11 times in the playoffs. Eight of those were inside of 20. And the, and one of those is the one that, uh, uh, not Dorsey, Lucas grabbed and sent out. That was a 74-yard punt. As soon as he hit it, who's with Olsen on the call during that game? Uh, oh, what's that guy's name? I'm blanking I can on it. see his face. Whatever. Who cares? As soon as he hit it, he goes, oh, this is a beauty. And I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and what drove me even more nuts is Khalil Dorsey, as that thing pops up, is breaking down perfectly and camping <laughs> under it. And Chase Lucas just comes and fucking zooms it through the end zone at 1,000 miles an hour. And that drove me so fucking crazy. It did. It did. Bonus points. Where did Jack Fox go to college? Jack... It, I, have, I have no idea. Is there a hint? Uh, it's in the state of Texas, but it's a smaller school. Northern Texas? Uh, <laughs> TCU. Rice. Nice. Uh, Rice. Didn't know Rice had a football team. Jack Fox rocks. Yeah, they're high flyer West Jack, Coast offense. <laughs> Jack Fox is awesome. And didn't we say a couple times during the year, like, we pay our punter the most money and we don't even punt the ball? Yes. And then... Throughout the playoffs, he showed that is why we're paying him the most money. And that goes back to why we should probably be a little less aggressive. This guy was nailing punts. Jack Fox kicks the ball off too, doesn't he? Yes. Because yes. he's the one dancing he during swag. Yes. Yeah. Like 
To have him boot the... He's so sick. Let him kick There's field no goals. way he can't kick I'm field ja- goals. I'm pro Jack Fox very much. As you we need tell. to get Jack Fox the on other, the He also DM'd me when Champagne had like 3,000 followers when I put, had like the Eiserman tease first going out. And he DM'd oh, yeah. me and said, this is sick. I was like, oh my God, Jack Shout Fox. Shout out you're, Jack you're Fox, fans, man. Yeah, yeah. Jack Fox, anytime, man. We'd love to have you on the show. We'd absolutely love it. The other you're play sick. where I was like, God has abandoned us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's talk about the God has abandoned us plays. Vildor. Yeah, dude, let's talk about the it. The slow oh, motion God. of that. Like, if you see the, like, just snapshots of it and the ball hitting off his face mask, Ayuk was like three yards behind him. The fact that he was falling able, down. Yes. The fact that that ball popped up high enough and stayed in the air long enough for him to jump forward and catch it and then them pick up the flag on top of it. Like that's God abandoning you. That, that is. I, that play. So of all the like bad plays in this game. Um, so like, I don't know how you guys, like when I would get like a new CD or a new album comes out, I usually like pick one song, run it into the ground, move on to the next one, run it into the ground. I'm similar. Yeah. So like Monday, I just kept watching that. I was like, just torturing myself (laughs) with the Vildor play, just watching it over and over (laughs) and over. I've now since moved on to the first Reynolds drop, like through his hands. So then I'll make my way to the second Reynolds drop and then all the, and then Gibbs fumble. Um, and then I'll just, you know, melt into a heap of shit, but this fucking Vildor play is truly the most, one of the most insane sporting plays I've ever witnessed yes. in a negative sense in my entire life. Do you guys remember the show Sports Science yes. back in the day? I think they were like Michigan guys even. Yeah. Um, so those nerds would get up Losers. and like calculate the angle. <laughs> Just fucking dorks, right? <laughs> They're calculating all the angles of everything that happens. I want to bring them back from the moment that ball hits his fucking face and like the probability of like it popping up in that direction and being caught. It had to be like in the negatives of the odds of that being caught. And I actually think it like was a touchdown. I think they just gave us that like down by contact as like a gift. Yes, it's unexplainable, but know why that play didn't affect me as much? Because there was a bullshit pass interference call on that play. Where, where was the contact? They like, didn't call it. Oh, they picked they, it they up. They picked, picked up it up. The flag. Yeah. You'll never convince me though, Chandler. This that is they my would other, have picked they, it up. If, if yes. he drops that, if that goes off his face and falls to the ground like it's supposed to, you'll never convince me that they weren't going to throw PI right. on that. Right. Like if you watch that play, uh, I don't think it's PI. Vildor's puts his hand out, touches uh, Ayuk. Mm-hmm. That's when Ayuk kind of like missteps, and the flag goes out. And to me, it's PI. I think they they saw the catch huddled up main ref got him was like hey that was the most amazing catch we're going to see in the nfc championship game let's not add a flag to the stat sheet for the lions and they went and they went no flag yeah i think if that thing hits the ground it's pi yeah and you'll never convince me otherwise yep well and but i will say at that point we were up 24 to 7 right or 10 no 24 10 24 yeah. 10 so we're up 24 10 shit's gonna happen the fact that we were up that much we had that much cushion and they catch that pass and you know they're gonna score i still said we're just fine. Like we were never going to blow them out anyways. We're going to get the ball back with the best offense in the NFL. And we still have a chance to go up two scores. Don't worry about it. The one thing we can't do on this next drive is go three and out. And we didn't, which was nice, but we fumbled one second into the play. Yep. And I will add salt to the wound of this is, I kind of forgot about this until I was looking back through the game even after that IU catch, the next two plays, McCaffrey minus two yards, incomplete pass. We had him third and goal on the fucking six. 
after all that just happened and we couldn't stop them. Mm-hmm. They throw the touchdown to Ayuk. So it's just there were so many chances that we could have just made one play. One of them. And it would have – you just make that play. They're, they're kicking the field goal there. Mm-hmm. We're still up two possessions. Yep. Even if Gibbs fumbles and the rest of the game, we're still we're still up a possession. And, and yes, yes. Uh, one of the plays. One of, like, literally the, the, seven the single plays we've talked about. Like, if one of those goes our direction, we're we playing win. in two weeks. Yes. And what you know what was, like, terrifying to me, which, like, actually set in? So the, the Gibbs fumble is where I, like, started to really shit myself. Like, that's where I, like, was. It was st- a tie game when, we, when that happened, right? No. No. We 24-17. Up, okay, yeah. Yes. So touchdown. the Ayuk bomb. That's when they tied it after And then we, fumbled, we got the ball right. fumbled right away. And so that's when I started to crap myself. I got really nervous. And then you, then the crowd came to life and it was like, oh, we're not in Detroit anymore. Like, and that was like, we don't have this energy anymore. And they were showing the players on both sides. They were showing the crowd and it was the first time like in this Dan Campbell run era that I saw like bad emotion on the sideline. I thought we looked dead. Yep. I thought so too. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to? No. Add to, to this game in the analysis? <laughs> yeah, I do. So <laughs> I'm not done yet. Um, just a couple of things, like that, just anomalies, right? Like I just feel like there's so many anomalies in this game. So uh, um, follower of the Fizz, uh, Al Karsten, he's a good Twitter follow, does a lot of stats. He, he tweeted this out. The Lions defense in the NFC Championship game missed 16 tackles. They averaged only eight missed tackles a game in the previous 19 games. They had only four games with 12 or more missed tackles all season. Three of them came since week 17. They averaged 12 missed tackles a game in the last five games, with the worst one being the most important game. So if you, you know, when you see a bad game and sometimes you say, God, we're missing all the fucking tackles and maybe we're not really, it's just kind of amplified. Like, no, we were, we were missing a lot of, we were missing a lot of fucking tackles. And McCaffrey's hard to bring down, but you know who isn't? Fucking Brock Purdy. And I just felt like we could not bring that, that little rat down. <sighs> Tough couple of days, guys. Fucking sucks. It really sucks, man. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, like as far as, you know, we can move into like what this means for Detroit sports history now. For me, the worst loss of all time in sports uh, was the 9 Red Wings Game 7 Stanley Cup Finals, where we are up three games to two. The Wings lose it at home. Lindstrom has a chance to tie it with three seconds left. Lindstrom, the best player in the entire world at the time. Um, Sidney Crosby raising the cup at Joe Lewis. Like, even saying this, like, I feel like I'm going to, like, catch fire. Uh, like, th- th- I don't speak of these games. I actually call 09 the lockout year because it drives me so nuts. This is right there. Yeah. This is right there. Um, I need, like, a few weeks or maybe months to zoom out and see if it's actually worse. But right now, this is the most and worst heartbreaking Detroit sports of all my f- team's losses um, I've ever experienced, maybe outside of that 9 final. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and the only reason that this Lions one stinks so much worse is, like, the Wings are a successful hockey team. We've been part Won of – Won the cup the year before. Right. Like, we've been part of championships. We've gone down that road. Like, the Lions, dude – we're talking about the fucking Lions Trash. here. Like, we have been the worst franchise maybe ever in sports for so long. And for us to go down like that is fucking gut-wrenching. 
Yeah, and just for how much we, you know, we were at every tailgate this I year. I mean, dude, we were, it felt like we were on the team. Yeah, like it did. It really people, did. Like, recognized people every every week. Hey, what's up, brother? Everything good? Yeah, good to see you. We'll see you again in a couple weeks. Yes. Fucking, you guys want something to drink? You want food? You want this? Fuck. So well, we said welcome to hell one too many times because now we're existing in hell. Um, my worst loss of Detroit sports is very equal to this one. Um, and that's the Tigers versus Red Sox game two, 2013 ALCS. Why is it so equal? Tigers haven't won a World Series at that point in 30 years. No recent success where we almost got there but didn't get over the hump. Still no championships in our lifetime. Nope. Had a lead. Had a big lead in that game, five to one at the time of that grand slam. I can still see Tory Hunter's ass. Yes, in the my cop, face. That fucking yes. cop. And then what happened after that play happened? It was a complete meltdown, paralysis by the Tigers. The rest of the series. That series was over. A game and a half into that series. That we, one sucks too because we no argument. No question had the best roster in the MLB. Best roster would have been up 2-0 coming home with the best roster in the MLB. It's it's that is by far the worst loss. The only loss I've cried about in my life, I was 14 years old, like cut me some slack, all right, was the Pistons Spurs, Robert Ory hitting the three. Yep. That was just so shocking that like I my emotions got the best of me at that point in time. It's okay. That man. was gut-wrenching. But like the Red Wings, we had won the year before. Yep. It was like, all right, hey, we didn't get a back-to-back. Not that I didn't want it, but that Tigers won in this Lions game, we have been begging, and fans of these teams have been waiting for so long to get to a chance to either get to the World Series or get to a Super Bowl, and, and we shit ourselves and we choked on applesauce. We're saying the team's – uh, had one the year before, so it made it easier. But, like, who knew that would be our last ones for both teams? Right. I mean, 04 was the last Pistons ones. 08 was the last Red Wings one. So it's like, no, you gotta you got to want every opportunity that you're there because they, they slip away. And I think everything we just talked about is my personal Mount Rushmore of just, like, nightmare Detroit playoff moments is the Robert Ory hit – or, yeah, the Robert Ory hitting the shot. Uh, Lindstrom not burying versus Flurry. Flurry actually made a fantastic play. Uh, the um, – what am I missing? Here? Oh, uh, Tory Hunter Torrey going Hunter. over the wall yep. uh, versus the Red Sox, and then I I really think like you could pick any the Lions game in general is the one, but I think the play you got to look at is is just that Ayuk play. I mean, I think the Gibbs one fumble actually hurts more, but the Ayuk play like is the fu- is the f- you know the flame that starts it all. Yep, because yep. that's just fucking bonkers. I agree with you. I agree with you, and and hopefully it's a different fate because. All those three other plays were the ending of an era or the beginning of an end to an era. That's true. Tigers, the next year was their last playoff appearance. It's been nine years. Did Leland retire after 13 or 14? 13, because Osmus came in that next 14, year. Yeah. So end of an era there. Pistons never got back to an NBA Finals Traded after Billups. that. Traded Billups. And the Red Wings have not been back to a Stanley Cup since that 9 loss. So what I'm hoping is that this is the beginning of an era and we're on the flip side like the Pistons. The Pistons lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Nets before they got to the Lakers. I'm hoping that's the trajectory this Lions team is is feeling and going into the offseason, I feel good. Well, Obviously, Ben Johnson there it is, yep. is, is, is coming back. That is, I mean, that's 
That that's as shocking as maybe almost any singular play in the the game on Sunday. I truly feel like the Ben Johnson news today was like the oxygen oh. I needed on on life support, and I forgot who sent me that today. Someone, I someone, I took that from someone. Someone texted me that. Uh, that's how I felt because I was. I mean, I'm really low, but the Ben Johnson news was like, okay, great, because we've all seen in the NFL how tight the windows are, right? Yep. And this is where it got dark for me. It's just like, you know, you get real nervous. People are like, oh, look at the Bengals, look at the Bills, Eagles, look, uh, Eagles, Falcons, like all yes, the Falcons, yes, dude. Like these windows in the NFL close so fast and just to see Ben Johnson come back was like there's a win there's a win because we thought that domino was going down I feel like I'm that picture of that gif where the orangutans got the tubes up his nose <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was me today the just Ashton gif yes. <laughs> that like, is me yeah like like waiting for a breath of fresh I'm, air I'm that orangutan and Ben Johnson gave me that oxygen today it, it, oh. it, it does and hopefully that keeps the window open a little longer um I really do believe we have like the infrastructure, Sheila, Brad Holmes, all the way down to Dan Campbell. Like that is a strong, strong, strong foundation to keep us going. But the NFL is designed, even though we've had dynasties between the Patriots, between what could be a new Chiefs dynasty it's coming a dynasty. up here. It's yes. a dynasty. I don't yeah. care what they do Sunday. What the Next NFL Sunday. does is it makes it hard for the good teams to stay good. Why? You play a harder schedule the next year yep. when you're good the previous year. Yep. Why? And, Be oh, sorry. Because your good players get poached. You mm -hmm. have a salary yep. cap. Why? Luckily, we dodged it. Your coordinators usually don't stay when you're on a good team, i.e. the Eagles last year lost both after they made a Super Bowl run. So I agree with you. It's not – it's not given. And for us to just assume that, hey, there's going to be a window, you can never in the NFL. It's not for long. It's not National Football League. And I feel it's like the drop-offs happen, like, way harder. Yep. You know, like, like receivers go – like, isn't there some crazy stat receivers turning 29 to 30 or 30 to 31? You know, they – Obviously, we don't have guys that, that old yep. on, on playing receiver or anything, but I just feel like in the NFL, it's just a grueling sport, and right. it's and just the, hard to repeat year after year. Yep. And aside from them getting poached, it's like, okay, great, we get a lot of these guys back. Like, knock on wood, but, like, we didn't have many, like, very critical injuries this year. Mm -hmm. Like, what happens if somebody comes back and golf fucking breaks his leg? St. Brown blows his shoulder End in out. time. All We're of it. fucked, <laughs> yeah. right? But all of it. Like, yeah. I mean, Penne. Ragnow. Yeah. Like, I honestly think if we win the Super Bowl this year, that Ragnow would retire. Yeah. I, I could see that. I mean, that guy, like, he even said, did you see his quotes? Yeah. Obviously, he was praising Campbell, but he said, you know. It's fucking I, I, grueling. He, he's like, I got to get my body back and my mental state back. He's like, of course, I'll do that for the guys anytime. But, like, I need to really focus on getting myself healthy. That guy is, like, fucked He's up. like a big fisherman, right? Like, oh, he's, huge. we're going to see him on the Detroit Grizzly River. Man outdoors. Yeah. 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 He's, he's poaching walleye If you go there. on his Instagram, it's literally just him fishing or hunting. Gut and fish. Yes. I love, yes. Dude, you could hang out with him. Luke. I would love that. Are you, you kidding? Got, you guys should just, like, like, if I was a make-a-wish kid, that would be my wish. <laughs> we, should, uh, we should get with Grizzly Man outdoors, and you two could, like, teach my candy ass a few things down that'd be great i <laughs> could gut a deer and throw up that'd be awesome that'd be awesome so going into the offseason ben johnson priority number one check mark bj's back back baby. yep we have a couple big names and then a couple meh, meh that we don't really care if we leave so i'm gonna give us the five biggest names on this list of unrestricted free agents going you guys get to pick one that we must re-sign now you got to take into consideration what they're going to get paid. All right? You got to help me with that. 
So Jonah Jackson is going to be the most expensive. From yeah. what I'm hearing, he's going to probably be in the mid-teens per year. Okay. Mm -hmm. CJ Gardner-Johnson, eight to ten million a year. Glasgow, probably five a year, four a year. He's getting older. Josh Reynolds, I'd say he's going to get three, four million a year. He's he's not going to get too much. Can I just jump in really quick on Josh Reynolds? Yeah. Talk about the worst game to ever have going into a contract year. <laughs> oh. uh, the game, yep. like literally the next day, you're thinking about your contract because your contract's done. Yep. And you do that. I know there's a body of work to it and the agents have all the stats and the statistics and they remember all the plays, but you can't tell me that you can't just point to like two clips and be like, Hey, remember this? We're going to chop off like 500 K yeah, for uh, each drop, right? You're going to be more incentive based. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then the fifth guy I'm going to go with just because he's O line depth is skipper. Um, so you got Jonah Jackson, most expensive Gardner Johnson, next most Glasgow, third Reynolds, fourth skipper, fifth, Frank, most important player to target going into the offseason. Uh, Jonah Jackson, spend the money on a guy who's good, that protects the quarterback. We know Goff's not good under pressure. That offensive line was the nucleus for our success. Jonah Jackson's younger. Yes, he's more expensive, but we got the cap space. Figure it out another way. I'd go Jonah Jackson, A1 uh, pick. Number two would be Glasgow just for the O-line depth. That O-line is invaluable, and I think Brad Holmes knows that. Um, this is also not... This is also me showing my lack of knowledge of like draft of mm -hmm. who would actually be there to draft to replace him. Um, but if you're asking me straight up face value, just go get Jonah Jackson, spend the money. I'm with you, Frank. Just to reiterate what you said, I, I you have to keep the O-line intact. We've had one of the best all season. That's a no-brainer for me. And to be honest with you, like this might sound crazy, but I would bring back Josh Reynolds on a cheaper contract. Like I know he had two of the most critical drops ever last Sunday, but up until that game, like, dude, we were just talking about how he stepped up in the playoffs and he's had a great season. If he's a cheap option at wide receiver, he knows golf. He knows Ben Jay. He gels with these guys. He's not going to be out there expecting to be the top three target like, I think he's still a good football player. He just fucked up in the most critical time ever of, this, um, yep. of the season. But I still think he's a good football player. I would love to bring I, – I, I would love to bring Reynolds back. I truly mean that. But if you're asking me, like, of those guys, sure. like, give, me, give me Jonah. You know, Agreed. I'm not throwing Josh in the trash. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm like, really pissed at him. I'm, I'm going I'm same a, line of thought as you guys. Yeah. But I'm going Graham Glasgow. Yeah, I'm Glasgow. Um, because oh, – oh, Over – You're saying Over Jonah one. Jackson. Gotcha. Number one, Graham Glasgow. He's a cheaper option. He's versatile. Um, get him on a two-year deal. I think he's a good lineman. I think he's a starter. I, I was impressed with him uh, this whole year. I want Glasgow. I just think Jonah Jackson's going to be too much. I understand it. I think he's a great player, but look at who you got coming down the, the barrel between Goff, Aminra, Panay Sewell, yep. Hutchinson. We've got a lot of guys that we're going to have to pay over these next two to three years. Jonah Jackson, to me, for that type of money, I'm just not going to spend it. Gardner Johnson... Outside of him, safety's been pretty good, yeah. including him. I mean, we're really deep at safety, so I feel like we're so deep there. That can get off the priority list. My hesitation with Josh Reynolds has nothing to do with what happened on the game Sunday. My hesitation with Josh Reynolds is we need J-Mo. We need more of J-Mo. We have seen it, and we've called for it since the week 
He came back this year. This guy's got to be wide receiver number two. And if you're going to keep having Goff's buddy, Josh Reynolds, receive more targets and more opportunities than J-Mo, I'm not good with it. J-Mo is that game breaker. We saw it in the first drive. We saw it in the Tampa Bay game. He blows the top off of defenses, and he gives us a different dimension. Josh Reynolds is a good player. He's a replaceable player. Go find me another Jamison Williams with that type of speed. I don't think you can do it, and I think you need to feature him more, which is why I'm not high on Josh Reynolds in the re-signing of it. And um, even, even J-Mo becoming wide receiver two makes him pass catcher number three. Yep. I mean, he's like, you know, so if he's behind Reynolds, he's going to be pass catcher number four. But I don't yes, think he's he behind Reynolds. Like, I think next year going into the season, I think J-Mo is 100% above Reynolds. I'm with you Reynolds. too. Yeah, I do too. And I just, you know. He could be. They just, Reynolds has such good rapport with Goff, which is a catch-22. It's good. You want that for your quarterback. And at the same time, I don't want him to take opportunities away from because how many targets should Amon Ra and Laporta get a game? 15 to 20? Yeah, at least 30. seven, eight each. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they should get a ton of targets, and you need that third guy. And I'm sorry, Reynolds, I, I, I don't want – Reynolds got four targets this game. J-Mo got three. He, Reynolds had four. He put two on the turf. Yep. Great. Put two on the turf. J-Mo well, had three. Yeah, and the run. And the run. And J-Mo dropped a big ball, too. Did drop a big ball. People do overlook that. Drop that the one Hail game. Mary? Or the flea flicker? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough catch. I mean, I'm not saying catch. it wasn't a tough catch, it but did it, go was right yeah, it was a catchable ball. It was a catchable ball. It was a catchable ball. It's on the wrong shoulder. It's on the outside <laughs> shoulder when you're looking in. It's a catchable ball, but, I mean, make that's a not play. a drop. We needed someone to make a big play. That's, we do. Yeah. We needed that. We do. We do. He's so. not He's not uh, infallible. But, I mean, yeah, two tugs. I mean, all in all, I know you don't want to hear it. What? Most fun I've had. Ever. This was a great Wait, Why season. wouldn't I want to hear that? Because you're like, I'm not ready to move on yet. Like, this is... If we're uh, like, talking about... I mean, yeah, we can... I, I, yeah. In the, we have to talk about it. Yeah. yeah like, do I, it. to me, like, I, I, I immediately was, like, obviously numb. But, like, this season was awesome. Like, how fun did we have every Sunday? The energy throughout the whole city. Jared Goff chants at high school cheer competitions yeah. yeah i mean are we living on fucking neptune it was just a dream and just i think it's just so hard because we were floating around in the clouds of heaven everything felt like it didn't feel like reality it was like ai like we're going to like Comerica like work, parties, at work like, during the week was like nothing yeah. thrown to the wind. Yeah. Like, all right, Sunday, and let's fucking Sunday, ride. We're huddling up here at, at uh, HQ, going to shoot videos, <laughs> hanging out with everybody, watching the games, winning every bet we place yep. because we're just betting with our Lions. hearts. Yeah, yeah right. we're riding with the Lions. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt this was like the most exhilarating sports season probably I've ever, ever. experienced in my life. And I just think it was supercharged like we were vibrating high at halftime i know here in hq we were playing eminem and swag surf doing shots creed like, i'm i'm texting people creed of course i'm texting people for the the super bowl party i'm already making t-shirts and stuff and then it, it you know it just it just like we got punched in the mouth like three times and we're dead yeah and it was just the hardest crash and come down like i've ever experienced and that's why i think it just it just hurts so much. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, what just happened? 
It yeah. just felt like a whirlwind. 100%. I, mean, I am sad that it's over, but I'm more happy that like we got to do it. Yeah. And we got to enjoy it. We made a ton of friends during the tailgate videos. We we all us four of us were just looking forward to Sundays for home games for the whole entire season. It was a fucking blast, and and you guys said it. It was the most fun I've ever had following a, a Lions team. Like, fuck, not even close. I yeah. think back to a Rogers Roost meeting when you brought it up. Oh, yeah. And you're like, we should do something like a man on the street. And we kind of <laughs> all looked at each other and were like, man, these November games, <laughs> yeah. we're out of contention. It might get tough to stay consistent, but I've never it's been. It's easy when you're winning. I, I've never yeah. been more proud to be a Lions fan and, like, to have January football, like, what a fucking feeling. Yeah. What an absolute thrill of a feeling. This is what it's like to have a good NFL team. Sign me up. Yeah. And to, Sign like, love the up. team. I mean, just to watch, like, I mean, I think, the like, watching the Lions beat the Rams was, you know, after that, Unreal. it almost felt like house money. Because, yeah. like, watch Goff come full circle deal with all the Stafford shit and then just to beat that old team like that storyline was fucking incredible to watch Ragnow fight through every single injury in the world to watch Dan Campbell just do his thing to watch Brad Holmes pick these guys that no one wanted him to draft or thought he was going to draft and they become the top producers in the NFL I mean it was just it was just incredible from, you know, Branch picking off Mahomes to start the season to Laporta breaking records to Gibbs scoring touchdowns. I mean, this team is like impossible not to love. That's why we were being called America's team towards the end of this and why everyone was rooting for us. And it's just awesome to be like really proud of your city and your team and to like, like you said, Pizzo, felt like we were on the team. Yeah. Felt like we were on the goddamn team. It's freezing out during that Rams game. We're just like grit, baby. Yeah. Dude, like realistically too, like the weather was fucking awesome for the videos this year. Like yeah. we had two-ish bad days. The rest of them were like either really nice or like mild. Yeah. So, I mean, fuck, it was just so much fun, man. It was awesome. The one thing I, I won't or I will miss is like us being the only ones with cameras and doing it like... No one was out there in the Seahawks game. No one was out there in the Falcons and Panthers games. Nope. Yeah. And then you got to the Rams game, and every NFL media vest was out there. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's trying to do videos now. There was a couple other people that do it. Respect to those people who were doing yeah. it at our the start of the season. Our camera was much larger and more impressive, though. Exactly. Well, 100%. And our videographer is a lot better. Shout we out have a way wide. better videographer. Much better looking than everyone the else's. The best in the biz. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if I said that. I may have said this. I don't know if I've just said it between us, but to start the year uh we didn't have any logistics figured out it was just like we're just going to go on the street and see what happens we're wearing the blue ski mask it's a thousand degrees oh out. my god <laughs> we have no clue what we're doing we're like nervous to go up to people but uh we couldn't really figure out how to like carry the camera this like very expensive giant camera that mike has and i was just like just forget it we'll just do our phone like it'll be fine and he's like i really think we should bring the camera i'm like i think it's just a pain in the ass and we shouldn't bring it I'm eating my shoe every time. I'm just was so wrong about that because the camera changes everything. Like, oh, yeah. It makes you look official. People are drawn to it. Microphone. Is better. Yeah, yeah. Just way better than me standing How many bars did we go into and they're like, are you, are you guys with the news? Yeah. yeah we yeah, just said for we're with sure. the news. <laughs> A local media outlet. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, can you swear? Meanwhile, Pizzo's like, two girls, one cup or meat spin? <laughs> I will say this, so we can't give Mike all the roses because um, one one moment I think one moment I think back to, which was funny when we didn't know what we were doing at the start of the year, 
was when uh, we all got on our scooters ready to go. And then Mike's like, I got to go shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were already Which late week? to the day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know. I was joking because I feel like that happened a few times. Oh, my kids. No, yeah, that was it. That's how we started. That was hilarious. But I couldn't be more excited. What we usually do at the first of the year is now what we can do. Focus on our mock drafts. It's in our backyard. Our season starts early this year, having the draft here in Detroit. Oh, come yeah, April. The coming back. So, I, I mean, like here. holy shit. Like, I don't want summer to fly by, but. Yeah, that might be a documentary. Three yeah. days oh. of the draft. We should camp out. Dude, and we're, our game is going to be up to tenfold. Like, we're going to be hosting parties next year. Yeah. We got the draft. Like, we're coming with the fucking hurricane next year. Yeah, we'll definitely be on the street more. I mean, we got the draft. We got opening day. Yep. There's other things. We'll, I mean, we'll get out there yeah. in general. Who knows? You might see us at Pine Knob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mark your calendars. Was it late July? July 31st. In the dead middle of summer, there is a Creed concert. <laughs> That's that right. His crew may take a break from sports. There we go. Focus on religion. There we go. Well, we'd have to touch on it. We're not doing Super Bowl talk this week, yeah, but no. we do have to touch on the Chiefs. Chiefs beat the Ravens. Somewhat of a surprise, but not really. Both of you guys had the Chiefs. I was the one that took, was wrong this week. He took Ravens week. money line. I he took Ravens money line, Chiefs but had the Chiefs points, with the yeah, points. Yeah. Frank, I just two and zero. Oh, yep. Bang bang. Chiefs with the points and money line. Channy zero oh and two. Some say it was because he wasn't put on the non-debatable heat report. Yeah. Shows you how you handle adversity, <laughs> and you failed. So I challenged you, and now I see you crumble. I, I mentioned it, Frank, you agreed with it, but Chiefs, you got to think they're a dynasty, right? They're absolutely a dynasty. I don't care if they lose on Sunday at all. I mean, I think if you go to three Super Bowls in five years, which is they've done more than that, like yeah, you're a four. dynasty. Like so, You've won the AFC six times. You're a dynasty. Right. Like it's the NFL. Like it just, we always say it doesn't happen, but like it's the Patriots did it now, the Chiefs are doing it. So it seems like someone's always doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a dynasty. Like you can say what you want. You can be annoyed about Taylor. You can be annoyed about Kelsey. Um, um, I know they've it's it's annoyed me a little bit throughout the year, but uh, Mahomes killer, Travis Kelsey I thought has looked like shit all year. He's he been the balled best. balled out He's that game and the game before. Yes, I mean two touchdowns, right? Yep. Um, like he is balling out, catching every ball. Just I, I think maybe they're just so used to this that it's like nothing matters till it's a regular we get season here. game for him. That's what I mean. Um, they're so good, uh, and I know we're gonna do Super Bowl talk next week, but. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs in spades. I don't care what the number is for the Super Bowl. Amen. Amen. And Lou, I know you're not going to be here with us next week. Enjoy Mexico. See. Si, so si, give, us si, a little, <laughs> give us a little first thoughts from you on the Super Bowl. Um, Cerveza, one hand. Cerveza, two hands. Jesus my Christ. boy. What are we doing? I like, uh, I, I'm with you, Frank. One, I fucking hate San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, same. I can't. I just, like, fuck also, them. It also could be anyone on the other side. Yeah. I'd be taking them. They squeezed out Green Bay. Bullshit win against us. I think that fucking, I think that the Chiefs do it again. Like, I'm with you on that. I can't picture a world where Brock Purdy raises that trophy and Mahomes is Mahomes, the field. Mahomes, muy caliente. I don't even get what he's doing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what is Cerveza one? Yeah, Cerveza I think he was just trying to do a Mexico thing, but then like did a half English thing. I saw my e, my army, army. All right, now you're just singing Will Smith. Um, but wait, if we're gonna actually talk about the AFC Championship game, the one thing I'll say is that the Ravens ran the ball like six, six times. times, and you were you were you were saying like you can't abandon your 
Your yeah. play call that was that was what they did to a T. Abandoned, they abandoned ship. it completely. God didn't abandon Ravens. No, they abandoned Ravens the offensive abandoned. coordinator did. Yeah. <laughs> the run game did. Just that was didn't like, want to run the ball with Lamar did. after doing it all year. I saw that a list of run plays every game for the Ravens. Uh the minimum they ever ran it was twelve times. In the AFC championship game, they ran it six, six. times. <sighs> six running plays. Not good. That's tough. That's really what tough. What are your thoughts? I mean, my thoughts are this. I still I still want to see what happens. Early, early thought. I'm with you guys. I think the Chiefs are are the better team. I think they're gonna pound them on the ground. And uh Cerveza one hand, Cerveza two hand. That's my other thought. Yeah, we're all thinking it, I think. See, si, senor. Okay. This now we're like towing the line. Just you know, we're being ignorant. Oh man. Well, we we're, are gonna we're speaking <laughs> Spanish, baby. We are gonna save <laughs> The Super Bowl talk for next week. Frank, we're going to be batting the color Gatorade that gets splashed on Andy Reid. Coin flip. We're going to be going through everything Direction next of week. The Jets. So if you're a sicko, tune in next week. Yeah, next we'll week's the absolute sicko episode. Yes. Yeah. We Especially are props, no Lions. Like no Lions. Yes, we're getting oh, I'll be real. sending in a video from the fucking beach <laughs> Great. loaded it, with props. Do it in Spanish. Cerveza one and two. <laughs> Isn't it uno and dos? <laughs> Not yeah. today, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to give you guys the floor. Red Wings update here. Yeah, Red Wings, again, uh, won four of their last six. They're back in the hunt. Once again, they're in the second playoff spot. Uh, Bleacher Report actually did this thing, one word for each team of the NHL, and I was like, if they didn't pick roller coaster, they have no clue what's going on. And they actually did. The word was roller coaster. Couldn't agree more. Just been absolutely up and down. I feel like the story hasn't changed. Um, I guess the only good thing with the Lions going out, there's nothing good about it. So don't don't think I mean that. But like I'll focus more in on the wings here. Yep. Um, I see the note that you put here, Channy. Was that you cop? Rawing Frank. No, I put that in. Yeah, he's rawing me. Yeah, (laughs) rawing me hard. Ever since that wasn't a mistake. Ever since I said he was the worst signing of the Eiserman era, he's been like the leading goal scorer for the Red Wings. Um, He's been on fire. Larkin's been on fire. Uh, And uh, yeah, I mean, I just we got to keep the train rolling. Biggest news I think is that uh, Patrick Kane is going to be out till after the All Star break. Gave a pretty solid interview today. Said it has absolutely nothing to do with the hip. Uh, he's just a little frustrated that, uh, you know, he gets back, he does all this rehab, and then something else kind of tweaks. They're yeah. not saying what it is, which is the beautiful thing about the NHL. They don't tell you what it is. Um, so he'll be back after the breaks. And he did make a good point. He was like, as soon as I got cleared, I played like 19 games in, you know, whatever it was, like 30 days, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, so you just, you know, he needs a little rest, and the Wings are winning without him. So he'll come back. He'll add a charge. and There's no need to rush him back at this point. Yeah, we're going to be that 7th or 8th seed. Are you getting that Fanatics rally cap for the second half of the Man, season? I, I swear to God, we could do – in the middle of summer, we're just going to pick topics, and I'm just going to rant about them. You guys aren't allowed to talk. And I could go forever on the Fanatics, Fanatics thing. The fact that Gary Bettman has signed on a 10-year contract with this fucking organization, and they're going to be the official on-ice – uh, partner of the NHL and they got to wear all that shitty merchandise makes me furious. There are going to be decades worth of photos of everyone in championship hats and apparels and interviews and jerseys wearing that fucking shitty fanatics logo for so long. And it's just awful. It's terrible. It's egregious. Batman needs to go. It, it's just so bad 
for branding. It kind of reminds me of the... Uh, all you know, three like, other leagues have Nike. All three other leagues have Nike, and then we have Fanatics, which is like, <laughs> it's like what your aunt gets you thinking she got you something cool when you're a little kid, and you're like, damn it, it's not the, you it's know, not the movie quality. All the bad kids in high school had the F, the famous F. Yes. That's what it reminds me of. All the bad kids, dude. <laughs> all the naughty kids. It's awful, and I don't... I, it's just I. It's it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. It's it's just you're deaf to everything that's going on. Like people who are mad at Adidas, like th- that's fine. But now now it's just like let's we have to cry in the corner. It's yeah. Adidas is Stephen Barry's up better. next. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? The All Star break is this weekend. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, I think like, it's on the the third. I want to say so. Kane being out really isn't. That long. He's already been out, and then yeah. so we have. It looks like after. When's the last, next game? We got one against Ottawa this week, Saturday. don't we? Yeah, Ottawa tomorrow, and then we have Vancouver and Edmonton next week. Okay, our one this weekend. I think Vancouver's this weekend. Man, we're gonna have to talk Pistons together next week, Frank, because there's gonna be no Red Wings, <laughs> and there's going to be no Lions. There's a Super Bowl <laughs> and a lot of betting we can talk about. And if you want, I can trash Fanatics some more. Okay, we could do that. Yeah. I'll trash Tom Boys. You can Saturday. trash Fanatics. We can have a yeah, we, we can have a trash off. Yeah. <laughs> Who's more trash? That should be we'll a do segment. a 15 minute trash off next week. Yes, we will. But uh, what's not trash is uh, Izzo. Izzo celebrating his 69th birthday tonight, going nice. for win number 700, playing against. The Michigan Wolverines. That's on right now, right? I, I feel like, Nine like, o'clock? yes, it's on right now. I feel like, like, why is like, the tip so late? All of our, oh my gosh, fifteen eight Michigan with eleven minutes left in the first half. Oh, moving slow. I was gonna say, I feel like all of our aggression and anger should be taken out on tonight's game. And we're it's down still January. I like don't early. even know college basketball is happening. No, I, I am like I've watched minimal to zero. <laughs> watched a, a little bit, but not too much to be honest with you. I am like that college basketball fan. This being open, honest about it. You know, like they they say there's like. You know, the people only go to church on Christmas and Easter or whatever. I'm like the hoops guy that doesn't you watch You only watch till it in Fe- March? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, no, fair. February. I'll get in February. There we go. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So, Izzo going for win number 700 tonight on his 69th birthday. And we're getting doubled up 10 minutes into the game. What is it, 8-15? Uh, yep. yep. Speaking of birthdays, one thing I meant to note, uh, I just want to say uh, condolences to Crackman. Because it was his birthday on Sunday. Yeah, I know. And oh, that's how he had to celebrate his birthday, Man. which is just uh, you We're know, with the, you. The stars aligned, and then they fell out of the and sky because God abandoned yeah. us. <laughs> God abandoned the Detroit Lions. Um. All right. All right. Pistons are like two and one in their last three. Chaney, I feel that's like right. you want to talk a lot about of content that? for him next week. <laughs> I don't really have it on the show sheet, but we'll have a lot more about him next week as we. Here's we... the one Pistons thing I can contribute. There is a fake video going around the internet um, of. Have you guys seen this? It's someone yelling at Cade from the yes. sideline, and it's it's fake. It's total. You can tell it's a voiceover, and someone yells to Cade as he's defend, about to defend an inbounds pass, and he goes. Cade, the Pistons need to trade you. And he like looks really quick and nods. And it's like this video that's going all over the internet. Um, but it's totally just like dubbed over. It's just voiced over. Maybe we should just take that video and like say things we like. I'm like, Fanatics is trash. And he's like, nodding. We could just take that as like a bit and keep running it into the ground. So, all right. Anything else, boys? What do we got? Let's Good. go to over under. All right.
You don't want to talk about the Vildor play anymore? No. All right. Um, you know what I'm realizing? That I didn't tell Jerry we were recording tonight. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is all on me. Um, <laughs> I don't have an over-under list. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm trying to think of something we could do on the fly. Let's see if we can just do random word generator. And then we'll go. We'll do that. All right. So random I'm word in the random generator. word generator. All right. So tell us how this works, Frank. Uh, yeah. So I type in. Oh, so we'll do nouns. This will be perfect. All right. Okay. Here we go. Random word generator. First one. All right. Is this the first over under not from Jerry? No. I used to do guest ones. Okay. And then they kept repeating everything. Jerry's the only one who knows. Um, can we do proper noun generator? Wow. Because like it's not giving me. It's like it's giving me the word like, like dog in- internet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way overrated. Oh man. Yeah, guys, I think I'm just uh I think I just failed us today. That's all right. That's all right. No, I did let us down. I Jerry is normally right on top of it. Um we normally record on Wednesdays, so he didn't he doesn't have anything. Um, and I don't have anything. Oh, yeah, I keep this was a somber episode yeah. anyway, so in, no in big fashion, in, in the fashion of how we started it, we should end it somberly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I apologize for no over-under. Pizzo's late for a hockey game anyways, so we'll get him out of here. Um, but, hey, to everyone who has uh, supported us this year during the Lions season, uh, it was, like we said, the most fun we've ever had. And the biggest reason for that is because of – all of you guys, all the support, all the momentum we gained. Uh, we ask that you stick with us through summer as we figure out what the hell the uh, the content's going to look like. You know, obviously we got wings, we got tigers, but we know that Lions Kool Aid hits a little different. So to everyone on board here listening, please share this. We'll keep bringing the content, keep bringing the energy, um, and you guys do the same. So we appreciate it. Stay classy, Detroit. Love y'all. <laughs>